What's up, my people? This is Chico with the first episode of Dose of Reality. I, with me, I have I have some wonderful guests. I have to my right, I have Zeus. Say hello to people, Zeus. Hello, all. How you doing? This is Zeus right here. I have T. All right, what's going on? It's T. I have the the illustrious TJ over there. <laughs> Say hello to the people, TJ. Hey, what's going on, y'all? This is TJ. And I also have a special guest, Mr. Buster here. How's it going, everybody? It's Buster. All right, people. We're going to talk about a, a number of things. The first topic right now I'm going to jump into is the topic of HBCUs versus a predominantly white in- institution. T, how you feel like the education that you received from your university did they prepare you for today? Um, yes, I do. I do. Um, of course, uh, you know that uh, with all universities, you know, they have to pass uh, certifications, uh, accreditations, and so forth. Uh, all that pertaining to the curriculum and the courses and, and you know, of course, everything like that. Um, so I do believe as far as... Uh, the same uh, coursework, uh, course value classes, uh, and that aspect, yes, that is the same. Um, and as far as the education, um, I feel that that's the same as well because, honestly, uh, most of my professors uh, were were foreign instructors. You know, they 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 were right. from uh, different countries, uh, and. Um, you know, uh, they they all pretty much taught on um, you know the same level as, as as any other instructor would. You know, so um, and it, let the people know where you graduated from. Uh, I graduated from Grambling State University uh, in 2008, summer of 2008. Okay, Buzz, you want to chime in on your experience? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I can kind of you know relate to what he's talking about a lot of teachers from from all over the world uh and it, whether you're an hbcu or, or you know a predominantly white college i think that adds to your education now when i got my last degree from louisiana tech and uh we did a lot of distance learning a lot of satellite classes and i think that just adds no matter where you're in college when they can do that if, if you need to offer a certain class and you need to bring in a professor from wherever they might be i think it really just adds to it and that's something that can be expanded to any and every college and I think it really helps. Okay, okay. What about you, Zeus? Coming from that big old Jaguar nation. Well, I have experience on both sides of the field. I went to Southern and LSU and Northwestern. And so I can speak from both sides. Now, all the institutions that I uh, that I went to, they gave me different things. All, all which were good. Uh, I'm not saying that the quality of education of either was more or less, but I'll, I'll compare my time at Southern as opposed to my time at LSU. At Southern, I got some good education, quality education. At the same time, I was cross-registering at LSU. It offered a different atmosphere. The re- they had more resources, probably because the alumni base is so, uh, so much larger. They have a lot more money. And so right. they had the resources to provide a little bit more than a smaller college or a college with less money could. And again, at Southern, they did what they had, they did what they had to do with the resources that they had, which was excellent. And they prepared me for the toughest times. They prepared me for the times where you, uh, you may not have all the resources and what to do to be successful when you don't have the resources. 
And as far as LSU, they provide me with uh, good top quality education with resources. So I would say both of them has its pros and cons, and you can take something from both, which I did. Okay. TJ, you got something to chime in on? Well, I I did not graduate from college, um, but I did attend Northwestern State University for a little while. And in my time there, mm, I, it was okay, so to speak. Um, Northwestern was never one of my main schools that I had picked to go to. Um, I kind of chose that school because it was close to home, and I was kind of helping my mom out at the time. That's understandable. So um, that's kind of why I did end up there. But in the end, I kind of wish that I didn't go. I kind of wish that I stuck with my first instinct. And what was your first instinct? Believe it or not, Gremlin. That's a great mind of yours, CJ. That, that is a great <laughs> mind because I graduated from the Gremlin State University. So shouts out to the Tiger Land out there. So also, I want to chime in on experience as far as lifestyle on campus. Lifestyle on campus at Gremlin. I don't know what they what they're doing now, but back when I was the the yard was packed, the yard was full of fun. I think I posted a picture on Facebook where we was there for 2002, and it, homecoming was homecoming. Homecoming felt like home. It still do when I go to homecoming. So I just want y'all to chime in and tell me how does the lifestyle at your campuses kind of like different from everybody else just chime in on your experience let me let me jump on that first now at hbcu i mean one of the things that a lot of people go for is the experience because you won't experience anything else like it anywhere i mean the culture the history i mean it's just awesome experience um yes we drinking in the studio (laughs) y'all don't worry about that we popping tops baby let's go (laughs) but the, the experience and the culture is awesome uh same at uh, predominantly white university They have experience in culture And you know It's different things That they do But I think With HBCUs Because of Historically What they had to go through In order to Form a college And get, get educated Is more of an excitement Because We get to do this And be educated But at the same time A lot of people Go there And they They party a little bit Too much They take that atmosphere And they're not serious About the education But they're serious About the partying and that's when our graduation rates from HBCUs start going down. Exactly. And that's where they start to differ. We have this good culture and lifestyle at HBCU, but we're not putting our graduates. At the predominantly white schools, they still have fun. They still, they still party, but they're putting out more graduates because more people are a little bit serious, more serious about the education. Exactly. And then HBCUs. So I think if, um, I think if a, a lot more people came for the educational aspect first and then had fun later or while they're uh, getting educated, it'll be a little bit better. Oh yeah, I yeah. I, I, you know, from predominantly white schools, uh, <clears throat> like for myself and my fraternity, I, I always wanted to do something with pledges because I, I enjoyed that I, that aspect of bringing in new guys because they're usually more excited. That you want to do more with the fraternity, want to do more on campus. But as an upperclassman, that's something that I wanted to teach them. Look, this is fun. This is more fun than you will ever have. But you got to take care of business too, right. and if right. you can take care of business, you can stay here and keep having this fun. Exactly. And I think that's just something that that more 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 of your upperclassmen need to do. It's because it's like just like a family helps you out. That and especially if you're in a fraternity, this should be your family. And even just non-fraternity guys, just upperclassmen, take some guys under your wing and say and show them 
guide them through these ropes. Because if you've made it to a junior or senior, you're pretty much just you're on your way out. You've figured the game out. you figured out how right. to have this fun. And then that's something that we need to, uh, to make sure it gets shared with these younger guys and younger girls coming to school. You know, have fun, but remember why you're here. So, so you're saying it's more of a upperclassman mentor and underclassman type thing? Yeah, I, I think that's, that's the best idea. I mean, it's better than the university doing it itself because, right. it, you know, thing, they just tend to mess things up. I think if the kids would, would see that, that this is our job to take care of. I mean, really, there was a guy that helped me out that way. The president of our fraternity, Will LaGrange, you know, because I told him I'd worked five years before I went to college, and I told him, I said, man, at the end of the day, I don't feel like I've done anything. He said, no, but you have. This is your job now. You know, so at the end of the day, you have done something. If you're taking care of your schoolwork, you have done something. This is your job. You can still have fun. Take care of this, you know, and, and I, in turn, I turned around and did that for other guys like Will did for me, and I'm hoping that it's still at Northwestern being passed down. Cool. Cool. Got some tea. Yeah, um, you know, Grambling, of course, you know, everybody know, um, you know, they called the country, you know, it's uh, pretty much in a, in a small area of North Louisiana. And um, for my experience, um, you know, Grambling was pretty much uh, pretty much what you made it, you know, um, and the people around you, you know, um, and, and, and actually what I mean by the people around you, the people that um, just the company that you kept uh, and hung out with, you know, your interests and uh, and things like that. Uh, of course, you know, you, you always wanted to keep things positive and stay focused uh, in those aspects. But, um, you know, it just was always something going on on campus. Uh, you know, the students uh, were always involved. Uh, the student union was always having something. Um, different clubs uh not just uh fraternities but um you know grambling had a lot of clubs uh for uh students to join like in particular uh everyone pretty much it didn't matter where you were from um they had different state clubs they had like california club texas club so forth and so on um so it was always something to to be busy about and something to do along with the fraternities um, which they did a lot of service on campus, um, a lot of different programs on campus. And, um, and, you know, pretty much, you know, just everything else that came with the college experience, you know, to me, Grambling is, is just pretty much what, uh, what you made it. You exactly. Know? College, was, it, to me, college is whatever you make it. You have to surround yourself with positive individuals to, to influence you to stay, to influence you to go and do what you came there to do. My experience at Grambling was the was the best. You have your ups and downs at every any any university. I think uh, professor was always there to tell you, "Look here, boy, you need to come to class. Look here, boy, you you, you, you missed my class three times this week." Yeah. So they always there to get you encouraged and and encourage you to do what they want you to do and more. So and then going to Grambling, which I had no choice because my daddy went to Grambling, my grandfather went to Grambling, my grandmother went to Grambling. Basically, the whole family went to Grambling. But anyway, we are traditional to go to Grambling, which I didn't just pick it because of that. I picked it because of the values that they instilled in my people. Uh, majority of all my family are in education. My grandmother taught for 30 plus years. My grandfather was a principal for 20 plus years. 
my dad is a politician now, so it works out. Uh, it's what you make of it. it. It's what you gather while you're there. Those four years, those three years. If if you graduate in three years, you you're a genius. But four years goes by fast. And like I tell the kids, and in, in, I work in education now. After you get to college, enjoy college years because after it's gone, it's gone. And instilling them to to at least try to go to college. Everybody know college ain't for everybody. Two year college, four year college, junior college. Is what you make of it, and that's the bottom line. Let, let me say this. Um, just kind of going off what you said, the people that help you out. Now, the thing is, with smaller universities such as HBCUs, mm-hmm. you have a more of a family-like atmosphere because it's, it's not that much to deal with. When you go to a, a bigger college, or maybe predominantly white college, they have so many more people and so much less time. But again, it's kind of you know six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. I mean, you get your more personal touch on this side, but on the other side, less of a personal touch, but more resources. Oh, yeah. So, again, I don't want to say one is better or worse, because mm-hmm. I don't believe one is better or worse. That's why I experienced both of them, so I can get the, the best of both worlds. Exactly. And, Buzzer, you, you, uh, you mentioned that you went to tech. Now, I know tech is on a quarter system. That's fast pace. Mm-hmm. Could you chime in on how, how that quarter system work out? <clears throat> well... You know, starting at Northwestern, you know, getting my undergrad there and being on normal semesters and then going to tech with the quarter system, that, you know, it really messed with my head at first. You know, with anything, you get used to it. Now, I'm going to say that I like semesters better, but I would, I, you know, I, I would imagine if somebody started at tech, they would like it. You know, if, if, what, it's probably just what you start with. Personally, I like the semester system better. But, yeah. but I do have to say this, you know, while we were talking kind of about just the lifestyles and everything, and, I, you know, I can't speak for Gramlin, but I will say this. I bleed Northwestern. Natchitoches has so much more to offer a kid than Rustin did. I, I mean, uh, and, and look, I will just call it what it is. Uh, I will never forget the first time we walked to a football game. Me and a, another friend of mine that both graduated from Northwestern, he came to my apartment. I live right there by the, by the stadium. And he had a beer in every pocket. I said, ah, you know what? I don't know if I'd carry them over there just yet. We might want to make sure on that. And Tonight, when we got there, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was quickly throwing some beers away because I mean, it was just a different kind of situation. I mean, Northwestern is, a, is, is historically a Catholic settlement in North Louisiana, which is exactly. in and of itself an odd thing. They party. They, they have fun. I, I mean, look, I hate to say this because it's a chick flick, but when I get lonely or lonesome for Northwestern, <laughs> not when I get lonely, when I get lonesome for Northwestern, I pop in Steel Magnolias. Steel Magnolias. I'm going to tell you, oh the, the movie is the, is the life. I mean, you imagine all those people, you know, beyond all the, the sadness and stuff. That, that's really what it's like there, and I loved it. I mean, I loved it. Steel I take Magnolia. my. I brought my wife and kids to, to Tech one time, and I can't tell you how many times I brought them back to Northwestern. I mean, I love it. Love it. I mean, if I ever had to live anywhere else, it would be there. I mean, it's a beautiful town. So much to offer, even outside of the university. I mean, and it is a college town. The people there welcome you there, and they treat you like you belong. I mean, it's just oh, it's yeah. a wonderful place. I hope my kids go there. And, and I kind of want to chime in on what he said, because um, okay. although I did say earlier that I wish that I did attend um, Gremlin, mm-hmm. that was because of, like you had said earlier, is is more family oriented. Like you, I, my, I had cousins that attended grandma. So when I did visit them, 
I, I seen what you were saying mm-hmm. that you know you have that professor like hey you've been missing class you need to come at Northwestern it wasn't like that yeah but on the other hand it's like he just said as far as the atmosphere the campus the the friends that I made I loved it I I love it I yeah. just like when you said you went to homecoming it's like a homecoming I tried I, I went to homecoming last year in Northwestern. Seen so many people that I haven't seen in so long, and it was just, it was great. And it's just, like you said, it's what you make it. It's what you make it. Now, now here we get into the nitty gritty. And one of the reasons why I brought Mr. Buster. I want to talk about these fraternities, slash social groups. Uh, Hmm. We have two members of Kappa Avisai Fraternity Incorporated. We're really three, count myself. And we also have Mr. Buster here. That's part of Kappa Nu? Sigma Nu. Sigma Nu. Sigma Nu, yeah. Sigma Nu. <clears throat> Tell us how how y'all process, not process, but how do you get picked? That's, that's okay. Uh, you know, typically there's rush week, and, uh, you, you know, all through that week, you go to the different fraternities, you go to the houses, they'll have, you know, those get-togethers, and it really... You know, you I, I would like it to be a longer process, but it's like they are interviewing you and you're interviewing them. And at the end of the week, you, you choose who you'd like to be a part of. And that's assuming that you got picked by anybody there, you know, because all it takes is one no and you, you're not selected. <laughs> so, you you know, you go the first three days, you'll go see everybody. And then on that Thursday, you'll go to, realistically, you should just go to the one to let them know that you're interested. Some people will go to two, but on that Friday... You'll go to the Greek office and find out if you got any bids. And if you got a bid, there'll be an envelope waiting there with an invitation to join. A bid? What's, yeah. What's, what's, what's a bid? How they <laughs> how they come up with that name, I don't know. That, that's that's before, well before my time. But, uh, yeah, you go in, you pick up your bids. And I'm going to tell you, I was president of Interfraternity Council at Northwestern. Okay. And I will never forget, in my four years, only one time did a kid show up and he got no bids. Nobody. <laughs> offered this guy a chance now i thought he was gonna wow. flip the table over <laughs> like man i'm sorry uh you know better you oh, know. Yeah. i mean but it, you know it's not for everybody and that's the hardest thing to have to tell some people uh i mean there there was times we were in those meetings and i raised my hand and i said no you know and you might be the only one that says no but if at oh, the end of the day that that's just you know what i used to say that before i was in a fraternity i said how could you ever cut somebody how could you exclude somebody but I'm going to tell you, if you ever have to run a fraternity, you real quick learn why. You know, there are people that That's you what don't I need. You to say anyway. That's why I made that comment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's people. I mean, if you have to, the average members don't realize the trouble that, that the president and the vice president, that everybody that has to run that deal, that has to go through. I mean, you don't need some goofball that you know ain't going to be there a whole semester that's there to get drunk and cause trouble. Because all you, one guy causes trouble. And if he's got them letters on, yep. you all may as well have been there. Exactly. Yeah. Any, any of the Kappa brothers want to chime in on that? Well, that process is, is kind of completely different from, different the, from, uh, ours. from the HBCU <laughs> process. I mean, there's, there's, there's not a rush week. No, it's no rush. No, it's, not, it's a, a smoker. Smoker, yeah. yeah that, that what they, used, they still call them smokers? Yeah, we still call yeah. them smokers. There's a smoker you go to, and that's pretty much a meeting, showing that you're interested. And usually, you know, you bring resumes or whatever else. Yeah. And a lot of the time, you already know somebody uh-huh. prior to getting into that, and, and you, you've already uh, shown them that you're interested. So I'm not saying there's a process before the process, but you, you know you know some people beforehand. 
uh, you go to the smoker, and I'm pretty sure they uh, they tell you they vote on you and everything else. But what I don't understand about your process is, do they turn in anything? How how do how do, when they select you? How do they know you? Well, okay, and it's the same with us. A lot of the guys are going to know you already. But, uh, you know, like like how – wait, ask your question how will you know that we want you? Let's say you want to Let's say you want to rush us and we bid you. Is that what you're asking? Yeah, so if you know I'm interested <clears throat> and how do you vote on me, you don't, you don't know me yet. Well, see, that's, that's the thing about Rush Week. That's why I say I wish it lasted a little bit longer because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, some kids that you think might be a great guy turns out, you know – it, it's it's an interview process in, in four days. You know, realistically, you'll come around and you would. You know, I, when I win, I said, you know, I'm Buster Carlisle. You know, I graduated from Sam Houston. I, you know, I participated in this, this, and this. And you know, you just try to meet them as best you can. Try to represent yourself well. You know, you want to go dress nice and, and all this, and have as much conversations or as many conversations with as many people as possible to try to make that impression. Like I say, it should be a longer process. Right. But, you know, so, it is what it is. And, and let me ask you, how long is your process once you get on? Uh, this semester. Is the whole semester? Yeah, the as, whole as a semester? pledge. So from, a, from a August to December or January to May? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, now, that could be different for each fraternity. Right. I, I can't speak for all of them. Just for Sigma Nu, it, it's a semester. Because, uh, you know, ours was traditionally a military fraternity that's where it was started on vmi so we you know we go through quite a little process and uh and we like to take ours to vmi to the sigma new headquarters and have you initiate in the actual room that's been there with all the you know 150 year old stuff which is a pretty cool deal i didn't get to initiate there but i had brought people there and initiated them so it's pretty neat experience okay you can chime in too go ahead all right um and and um, Chico, can, can you just repeat again, just what the, because because I want to add my, I just want to get like the clear the clear just topic again just, before I, I just go. talk about basically your experience as far as joining your fraternity, how the um, well, how the selection process was for you, and the the selection process uh, for me was uh, was great. Um, and uh, basically, uh, just to touch off from Zeus, um, they pretty much know you ahead of time. You know, you, you, you go to, um, you know, uh, formally the, the interest meeting, you know, to show interest or whatever. And uh, after that, um, you know, possibly you'll end up, uh, you know, being invited um, you know, for an interview, you know, are pretty much similar as almost like a job interview. And uh, basically, um, you'll just have to, you know, pretty much present yourself um, and, and present all your qualities and why um, you feel like you should be a part of the fraternity, um, what you can bring to the fraternity, and how can you help the fraternity grow uh, as a member. You know, and uh, as far as my process, uh, my process actually started a little bit earlier because uh, with the fraternity, uh, they offered uh, the Kappa, uh, Kappa Instructional uh, Leadership League. 
and um, those uh, gentlemen at the time, you know, I was in high school, but um, we did a lot of community service. Oh, yeah. And uh, those men, uh, just looking up to those men in, in the community, uh, what they were doing in the community, uh, and things like that, um, that was a defining uh, moment for me um, because I knew when I got to college, I did want to join a fraternity. But way back in high school, I already knew what fraternity I wanted to be a part of just from seeing and, you know, just kind of be involved in, in that leadership uh, league. And, um, you know, it, it just went from there. I, I was fortunate enough to, uh, to be selected uh, amongst a group of men. And I've uh, been a part of the, the fraternity since 2009, and uh, everything has been great. Good, man. Yep. Good. Except that paddle. I, I want to add something. <laughs> yeah, okay. There, there's something that you mentioned. <laughs> we, we don't haze in our fraternity. I don't, I don't know what he's talking about. Okay, I'm, talk, yeah, I'm talking about the paddle that right? comes as an heirloom. T, as a, yeah, there's something T just mentioned that I wanted to, just to touch on to oh. give you all a perspective from, from you know, white boy standpoint every, <laughs> every you, you mentioned that you knew what you wanted to join when you were in high school every little white boy that grows up seeing animal house <laughs> wants to be in the animal, animal house fraternity right. <laughs> until you get to school and then you see that okay that really does exist and you see what happens to them boys then you like the last thing i want is to be in an animal house fraternity right. when you when you see it in real life and you realize yep not a good idea because just like on animal house them boys don't graduate right mm -hmm. oh yeah oh right. yeah and while you're saying that, Buzzer, let me ask you this. Were there any African-American that come to y'all rush? You know that we've only, they are now. They are pretty well. And I don't even know. It, it's, uh, I, I don't know what the numbers are now, but I know that there are now. In my day, there, there weren't. There was only, well, there was one boy that came that actually with the intention on joining Sigma Nu. Okay. And we had a number of soldiers in our fraternity. And, uh. He, he lied. He said that he was a soldier to impress, and I guess he didn't realize that we had like seven, and that sealed his fate. That was a oh, big negative oh, when he got caught lying on that. But since then, uh, I want to say that we've had a commander in the past okay. 10 years. That's president for us. Okay. Because I know in, in our fraternity, Cap Alvesad fraternity, I met for the first time the first Caucasian Kappa. And that boy there can twirl a cane, y'all. Better than me, since y'all all look at me to be twirling a cane, but I couldn't match him. I swear I couldn't. I could not match him whatsoever. He did stuff that I have never seen in my life. Where did you see him at? What, what? U of H, Space City Nuke. And that boy, I, I forgot his name, but I know he, he, he's white, he's white and bald-headed, and he's smooth, and he can shimmy <laughs> like I don't, I was just amazed. I just, matter of fact, I filmed him with my old phone. And I, I was like, man, I'm a shimmy just like this. <laughs> but we started accepting, like, like I asked you, we started accepting Caucasian. We don't discriminate. If you want to join, we gonna give you full, full, full effort to join us. But Slim, Slim made it. But he, he has some obstacles to overcome to join. We, I mean, we were long integrated, it, just out of the South, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you know, they, it's kind of like that. Uh, the, here's our guy. Here's our, our one. That's what used to be bragged on. Who was the most famous black guy in Sigma Nu? 
uh, and I can't think of his name right now, but the fiddle player from uh, the Dave Matthews band. That was who everybody always went back to. Uh, he should know. Daryl or something. <laughs> I can't think of his name, but that was the guy. That was the one. Yeah, we, we've got him. <laughs> that, that takes care the, of everything. The token, you know? right? <laughs> yeah. the, that the one token, that just yeah. made But Okay. And, and I, I like to touch in, and that's uh, another great thing that I've – I actually uh, like a lot about our fraternity, Cap Outsides, that uh, it is very diverse. Uh, very. We have people, um, uh, men from all different nationalities, backgrounds, <laughs> cultures uh, within our fraternity. Uh, large numbers, uh, chapters in other countries. Um, Japan. You know, <laughs> yes. Um, so uh, it is, um, you know, that that is very good, um, you know, to 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 know and just to be a part of, you know. And uh, I just wanted to mention that, you know. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, we were div- diverse, it just not yet to the African-American community. I mean, we lots the most Latinos, if I guess if that's how you want to say it, Asians. We were very diverse in that factor, but just it. You know, sometime in between 2004 and now, it just finally that, you know, the gates opened. And, uh, I mean, and it's a good thing. I mean, the more, I mean, I know this, the Latino diversity, the Asian diversity did us a lot of good, and I can only imagine that it's doing them good now on, on campus. Oh, and I have my illustrious uh, Miss True Lady giving me information through through my, my uh, Samsung 2 watch here. She, she said uh, move on, right? Same as no, she's right saying there. Boyd Tinsley was who, who, Tinsley, who you yeah. was talking about. So, uh-huh. Boyd Tinsley. So, people, look him up. Hell so, of a filter player. Also, I want to touch base on this. Because I went to, Kim, what was that called? The Golden Explosion? The the Golden Step, Step Show? In, in Alexandria. Is now, now back in Akash? Okay. So, I went to a Step Show one year. I think... T, you was with me. I saw for the first time white fraternities stepping against black fraternities, and it was it amazed me. I never seen it at Grambling. I never seen it at Tick. I never seen it anywhere. It's something new that I just I didn't see before, <laughs> and they outstepped. I'm sorry, A five A. Y'all got outstepped, partner. I'm sorry, but. And I forgot what what uh, fraternity that was, but it was amazing. So did y'all step, Buster? Uh, no, I mean, we, <laughs> no, no, wait, shut no, that, don't say. Shut that listen, down quick. No, listen, I mean, <laughs> look, some of us could dance and probably could learn, but as far as just come up with it, no. Now what they did do, and it used to be something to watch. I don't know if they still do it, but but the sororities would get together. They yeah. would a, a, a traditionally black sorority would get with one of these nearly all white sororities and they would they would put together a competition and i will to my dying day never forget there was this wallflower girl you never heard anything out of her a big big tall white girl and they you know they did the whole step thing where everybody was together and i guess the solo part you would call it (laughs) she stepped out in front of there and our mouse hit the floor i mean she was dropping her cane and playing like drums and that was and it was fun i mean that that i just remember it from that one year but uh no the the I've never seen the white fraternities do it. Okay. <clears throat> what about you, Zeus? Did, have you, since you went to LSU, did you see anything like that? Uh, of course, the uh, predominantly white fraternities don't do as much or do things like that as the black ones. I mean, uh-huh. because you know, historically, the divine nine. Because think about it, in the, on the black side of things, it's only nine. Yes. White fraternities is 
a bunch of them. It's a bunch. Yeah. So uh, on the black side, they do things a little bit different. And again, it's smaller and they like to have a little more fun. Again, that goes back to the party atmosphere of the HBCU, the family atmosphere and everything else. So well, I we think we're gonna talk about the party. Oh yeah. So I, I think that kind of goes with it. I've I've seen I've seen some, and of course when, when you see it again, like you said, it'll drop the jaw. But I think the the whole goal of the fraternities and the step and everything is just about getting together in unity and showing showing that you're a unit. Even we're going back to uh, crossing diverse lines with the fraternities. It's just about being together. What's the divine nine? That's all of the African American Greek letter organizations. It, it's oh, okay. it's yeah. nine of them. <clears throat> yeah, so that's why they call it the Divine Nine. Okay. So, on that note, since we're talking about parties, it, but, before before you go there, can can, can you want to say something? Yeah, you can't take your seat. Yeah. TJ, you let can take your seat. No, I just had a question. Oh, you wanted to talk? I'm representing kind of the out the listeners that are kind of outsiders that didn't get this experience, that didn't really get the college experience. What I wanted to know is um, the when I was a, when I was younger, I would see a lot of fraternities. I mean, I'm talking about maybe ten to you know plus years ago, doing a lot of community service and a lot of different things. There, I went to the Boys and Girls Club. They was real involved with the kids. You know, I'd see that a lot. But it seems like um, it seems like these days I don't really see uh, that public eye of the younger generation uh, getting that same treatment. So. Can you talk about that generational gap between then and now? Any, anybody else want to jump I can, on? I can it? definitely jump on. Okay, I can, jump, jump on, all over jump that. on it, Zeus. Get it, Zeus. <laughs> um, the generation back then, as opposed to now, is a different work ethic. It's a totally different work ethic. And so, of course, back then you had a lot. You had a lot more guys willing to work, willing to put forth things in their community, willing to do more in their community. Now things are a little more cautious. Uh-huh. I mean, you you have younger brothers that don't want to work as much. Or have something else to do, and the work ethic is not there. Uh, the whole sense of family overall, and especially within the black community, isn't like it used to be. No. So things have definitely changed as far as uh, family, work ethic, and everything else. So I think that's kind of why uh, some of the organizations are getting lower in members. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are getting lower in members. And I'm gonna touch base and on that. And since when the members are lower, you can't you can't do as much. As when you had a full chapter or something, so they can't do as much because of membership, work ethic, and all the other things I previously mentioned. And also, you, you got to think about it. The the cats, the cats. I'm saying my age when I say cats. Uh, the guys that joined these fraternities, white or black, the ones back in the day joined because they wanted to contribute to their fraternity. That's right. They wanted to do something for their community. These kids these days, no offense to none of them, but these kids these days, they just join it just to get letters on their chest. They think by them getting letters on the chest, they can get women, they can get jobs, they can get this and that, they can get that. They looking for a gimme, and gimme got shot. But you you have to work. Like Zeus was saying, the work ethic in, in some of these brothers these days is not there. And it comes and it starts at home. If if at home they treated them and showed them the work ethic that they did had to do to get where they are, then those kids would follow through and they they learn. Because you got to think about it when when you're a baby, you don't come out the womb talking. As soon as you come out, you have to learn. Everything is a learned behavior. You learn by by talking. You look at your mommy and daddy. 
by their mouths moving. That's how you learn how to talk, and you use auditory and vision to okay. learn how that. Do and, think, that. and think about this: back then, those guys went through a lot. Yes. To get these getting these organizations to put the letters on their chest. So you go through that much. I mean, and of course we all know it's not a it's the big pink elephant. There is haziness on fraternities. We're just gonna call it spade a spade. That's some. just how that's just how it is. But those guys went through some things that that made them love the letters. I mean, they went through whatever they needed to go through, whether it be stand up all night, whether it be learning 10 other Lion Brothers' whole families or whatever else. They, they did what needed to be done. Yeah. Now, not so much. Everybody's, if, if you, say, pick up this piece of paper, they're going to tell that they're being hazed or they don't want somebody telling them what to do. I mean, come on now. So that goes with it also. Again, you come from a generation to where they would do anything just for bonding brotherhood so now they just want it for nothing. They want to be given it. We, you know, when you, when you talk about uh, you know, these guys are coming in, they just want the letters. They don't want to do any kind of work for it. I, I, there's two things that I blame on the numbers being down. I'm, is it is it down for y'all? Yes. Okay, it's, it's down for us. When I was at Northwestern, there were 130 of us in our fraternity. Now there's like 45. All right. I think part of this, and people laugh when I say this, but it's that that. Uh, Everybody gets a trophy generation. Yes, you indeed. don't work for anything. Yes, indeed. And then secondly, the media. Okay? If if it doesn't matter if three hundred and sixty four days out of a year a fraternity does something positive, one moron goes and does something, what's it gonna be on the news? Yeah. Is it gonna be all year these boys went and volunteered at the old folks home or mowed the cemetery or did this at the boys and girls club? Nope, it's gonna be that one bad thing that one or two guys did and it's gonna make you know, it, it puts a, a, a tarnish on everybody. And I, I'd like to add, um, as far as um, answering that question to that crowd, I think um, it has a good bit to do with, uh, with location, geogra- geographical location, uh, because, uh, like, for example, in this area, um, you know, it's a smaller city, um, and a lot of the um, uh, Divine Nine chapters mainly are made up of older members. You know, these members are uh, averaging to me at an age, at an average age of at least uh, 40, you know, and, and up. Uh, so rarely will you, you you're see. You're talking about an alumni chapter, right? Uh, right, yeah, alumni okay. chapters. Okay. Yeah. So rarely, uh, as far as citywide, you'll see young, younger men and women being involved and being involved in, in the community, and that that has to answer to, in particular, this area and certain areas where you don't see that that same Greek presence as you used to back, you know, ten and twenty years ago. Uh, and then another thing is, is that. As far as the fraternities uh, and sororities, uh, you know, it's an honor to be a part of it. And, you know, and fraternities, you know, uh, we, we, we don't we don't go out looking for people. You know, they they come to us, you know, and, and that's just something that's known. Um, and nowadays, uh, it's just the, the younger people, the younger generation, you know, maybe they just don't have the interest like you know five ten years ago um and you know and just at the same time you know as far as we, we, how it goes you know the we 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 don't necessarily recruit you know you you come seek us you know because it's an honor 
and, and a privilege to be a part of a, of a fraternity, you know, in my opinion, you know, so. You're right. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Yeah. To and, a certain extent. I would like to say something. I'm I'm not Greek, but um, at one point in time when I was in school, I was considering the option to be Greek. Um, I didn't have, just like you said, there are not a, that many members in the com- in the community that are known at, for their letters. I found out a lot of the people that taught me or I, that that I looked up to in high school later down the line that they were in Greek, that they were Greek, that they had their letters. But um, anyway, as far as someone who were I, who showed interest in Greek. The only people that I really had to talk to was my two aunts in um, Alabama and in Georgia. Um, both of them are members of um, AKAs. And I just, you know, asked them how did they choose their process and how did they go through everything like that and how did they make their decision on who they wanted to join. And what kind of made me say I don't want to join a fraternity was when they said what you need to do is don't what you need to do is first you need to research the fraternity that you're looking into once you research that their fraternity then you see what the undergrad chapter is like at, at your university and then you go on and look what the alumni grad the alumni chapter is like and you see if both of those chapters stand and follow those values that the fraternity stand for and I'm gonna be honest the few the one or two and i'm not gonna name them but the fraternities that i did look into i honestly did not see a brotherhood with them and i was like that and that's what determined me not joining it was like y'all y'all have this standard that y'all want and want us to follow and that y'all say y'all follow but your actions are not showing that and to piggyback off what you what you're saying tj is some fraternities do, do say they do that, and some some schools that don't happen. Like my dad is a sigma, so when I went to school, I looked at sigmas. No offense, Gremlin sigmas. I didn't see myself in that in those shoes. What I saw was what T was talking about. I was in Kappa League. Going, also picking back on Ken back in the day capital out we had leads we had mentorship programs which we brought that back this year yeah. uh, and we also had capital basketball which we always been doing for yeah. 35 plus years so we're out there it's just if you seek us like T is saying you have to seek out to see what we're doing now we're not going to advertise and be like look we out here doing this and this and this and this and this because advertising costs mm. and we don't have that type of money because like like they they saying the enrollment is low so a lot of the money that we had to do those things that you that you remember saying we don't have that type of finance right now because a lot of members are 50 plus years and after 50 plus years you don't you you're exempt from paying dues so you you don't pay nothing so that that go that money and now you have three 25 plus year old players in there and we supposed to be paying all this money and now we're able to do that because our numbers are coming back up so and TJ yes that's true some of these don't 
do what they say in that Divine Nine book. But you have to remember when that Divine Nine book was made. Some of that is, is gone now. Like they were saying before, work ethic is gone. It's, True. It's, it's not here no more. No offense to the, to the young crowd, but this this, this generation is they they lazy. No offense, Ken, but it's just it's just it's the just, main it, thing that I did not see was a brotherhood. And you were looking at Divine Nine. Mm-hmm. Well, let me go ahead and tell you, you'll see the same thing in the white fraternities. Just because, okay, my own fraternity, Sigma Nu was really good at Northwestern. Now, I won't name any other schools, but we would go visit other chapters at other schools, and we would think, God, this is, you know, I'm glad I'm not here. I'm glad this is not what I have to associate with on a regular basis. So it could just be them guys there, you know, yeah, weren't, weren't living up to their ideals. Because I will say, I've never come across a fraternity that doesn't have, at least on paper and in, in you know, the idea of it all as being something good and positive. Oh, yeah. Now, I got another question from the people. They want to know, how do we feel as being in different fraternities about other people wearing our letters that didn't go through what we went through and they just wearing the letters just because they like the shirt? Zeus, you want to chime in on that one? Mean, meaning like... Meaning like... Like someone like me. Someone like you walking around town okay. and you don't have on... You, you you have on our letters but you don't you're not a member. I think I think this uh across the board, that's that's considered offensive. It was definitely considered offensive and, Very dis- offensive. and disrespectful. Again, because the members of these organizations, uh they have to they have to do extra things to, to get into it. Whether it be pay money money, time, uh service, everything else. They have to put forth extra effort. And for somebody to uh, to represent something that hadn't put forth any effort is disrespectful. You can even have the ones that are in a fraternity that don't do anything. I think that's disrespectful. Now, you, you probably paid your money. You probably learned some information, but you aren't working. You're not doing the same work that I'm doing. So either jump on board or take the shirt off. T, hmm. this was the question. The question was, how, how do you feel about regular people that didn't go to school wearing your letters and just because they just like the letters and they like the colors and they just wearing your letters just because they want the shirt well you know like i said earlier uh it's a it's an honor and it's a privilege to be a part of a fraternity um and, and just any fraternity um and you know i agree with zeus um the things that um as far as the uh the avenues that you take to being uh selected and being a part of these organizations um is something that that that's that shouldn't be taken as a joke um you know and in as far as my opinion you know um and like he said, you know, we all take our fraternities, uh, in particular our Greek letters, very seriously. Um, yeah. You know, and um, it's all about earning things, and most of all, having respect for what um, for what the organization is. And 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 I'm 
pretty sure well i'm sure that everybody knows what a fraternity is and the do's and don'ts of it and um you know unfortunately you can't control other people's behavior um you know you you just can't that's just a downside of it uh but you know like i will just always continue to say is that um truthfully uh it's just an honor and a privilege you know and back in the day if you do something like that, can we? Yeah. Yeah. Back yeah. in the day, you get that ass whipped. <laughs> I mean, straight up. Okay, I see, I, I see where you go. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm, I'm about I'm to say the same thing. But, Tia, I got to disagree with you on one thing, though. You said that people would know the do's and don'ts. And they, I, they don't, though. They, they the don't. people outside of it, they, they really don't. Because, I mean, how do they know? Because I'm going to tell you, my like I told y'all in the beginning, my, my best friend went to college before me, and he had his whole freshman year in. Mm-hmm. And when I would go up on weekends to go out and chase girls and everything, I was like, man, give me one of them Ooh. shirts. And I would get, I'd get mad as hell. He would not give me one of them shirts, and I could not grasp why that he would not let me wear one of them shirts. And it didn't take long. For me to understand it, you know, it didn't take a week of me being a pledge to understand. Okay, that's why he wouldn't give me the shirt. But I will tell you, just slightly on a, a humorous note, we kept having Sigma New shirts turn up at the uh, Goodwill, and we would find <laughs> wow. we would find the most random people walking Goodwill? around. Yes, <laughs> and we finally we had to have what. We, if you was in trouble, an ass chewing session was known as e boards, and you had to come in front of the executive board. And we finally found who was doing it. He was bringing these shirts to Goodwill because he thought it was funny. One of our own brothers because he wow. thought it was funny. funny. And, and, then, yeah. and then you have that old homeless guy that you got to go beat up. Right? Oh, yeah. You see, it was all the time. Now, you would see random, you know. Now I'm going to chime in because I recently, like last year, had this run in. I'm at a gas station and. I think T, you were with me. There, there's baseball going around over the summer. And I supposedly, our fraternity, sponsored a team. But on the shirt, it didn't just say Kappa. It had our Greek letters on the shirt. So what they're saying is, people, is when we see that, we're going to greet you a certain way. And if you don't know it, you're going to get dealt with in some type of way i'm not saying we're gonna beat you up uh kid i am but (laughs) (laughs) i'm saying if you don't know something that is a secret to us we take it personal and it's gonna end bad and this particular brother had our shirt on with a number on the back and coach spell on the back and he went inside and i saw all i saw was k's side so I'm going up, my hand in the air, about to grasp him. And he said, no, 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 no. I'm a coach. Then why you got my letters on? No, no, I'm coaching the team. I said, don't have our letters on, though. But some people, like Buster said, don't understand. Yeah. They just sponsoring a team, and the, the designer just putting the Greek letters on it and just like, oh, that, that they'll be fine with that. But that is not fine. I'm just saying. And that that goes back into, again, the people that don't know. And that goes back into the organization having a presence and getting it out there so that people know. Yes. So, again, 
So that, that kind of goes back to what let, we started Let's get with. this pan back together, people. And, well, yeah, and if you let somebody sponsor a, a team and everything, that's fine. But the the fraternity itself should know, okay, well, he don't get a shirt, though. Or he ain't going to get one with a letter. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> but also, we got another question that came in. This is directed to, to Zeus. What? <laughs> How do you feel about military and versus... Fraternity, pledging. Military pledging. Now it's a different ball game when you talk when you talking about military, because you know in college it's all fun and games. I mean, yes, people can't get hurt. But when you deal with military, and you're talking, you know, with people not thinking and foolishness, you're dealing with guys' lives. I mean, seriously, especially if you are in a combat situation or a combat zone or even in training. So I, I, I take it slightly more seriously with military because again, you're dealing with guys' lives. I mean, I know there, you know, are certain things when you know guys come from boot camp, and you know, it depend. It depends on where you are. I mean, I, hey, I don't mind giving somebody a hard time. I don't mind somebody giving me a hard time. I mean, I, I prefer to go yeah, through something yeah, so I, I know appreciate those, something. I already know. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember your process. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, 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 I prefer to go through something so I, <laughs> I, I want to work for it so I can appreciate it. But I agree. It depends on it depends on the time. I mean, when is that time for foolishness? Hey, let's be foolish. But when it's time to get serious. We got to handle business. Okay. Well, we're going to move along from there. Let, let's talk about these parties. Everybody went to a cabal party, I'm pretty sure. Don't you know those noobs know how to throw a party? And I'm pretty sure, because I've been to a couple, I, I think it was Kappa Delta at Tech. Oh, yeah. Well, we yeah. said it was about a million of them. It's about a million of y'all, but I went to one of the white fraternities' parties. And when I say that was a party, that was a party. Man, white folks know how to do it, man. What man, do it. Just do it. I don't remember nothing <laughs> from that night because I went with, it was, it was freshman year. I'm sorry, mama. Uh, it was freshman year. We went out there because we was invited by some brothers. Like, y'all look new to the, to the area. Y'all come out and party. So we walk in the house. Mind you, house, like the fraternity house. Resources. <laughs> so we walk in, all you see is kegs all around the room. I'm like, who gonna drink all this drink? All those kegs was empty by the end of the night. 17 of them. And in the mix of that, some other stuff was in, in the air. I'm not gonna say what it was, but Y'all know how to party, Buster. I'm just saying. Well, see, <laughs> now I'm going to tell you the honest, goodness, truth. Through the majority of of my time in college, you, I, I mean, just being honest, you wouldn't have came in. I mean that that is something that that, and I want to explain this to you. You paying dues to Sigma Nu, you paying dues for your party, for us. By God, any woman you can find, eight to eighty, blind, crippled, or crazy, you get her. <laughs> yeah. But I'm gonna tell you, you stand at that door, and nobody—I don't care if your daddy comes—if he ain't a sigma nu, he ain't coming in that door. So yeah, you just had was, women. Just, yes, just, that was that was part of the deal. That was <clears throat> this is to get girls here for us. For and you talk about those resources, we're gonna put our resources. <laughs> together <laughs> to get girls here for you now i will say we did have one joint party 
we had a joint party with A5. It was the first time ever at Northwestern that a, that a white fraternity, black fraternity had a party together. And that was, that was a huge learning experience on both sides. Because when we, when we sat down, it was me and my friend Dustin, and I can't remember who the guys were in charge, but we, we sat down and we talked about it, and they immediately talked about how much we were going to charge at the door. We're like, no, you ain't going to charge nothing at the door. We, you no, know, we want them in here. We'll, we, we'll give him $5 to come in. But we want them here. You know? And, that was, and, and uh, that was a big learning experience for us. That, that money would be charged, at least at some, or at least they were doing it. Oh, we charge, money. Buster, yes. We, oh, yeah, we have charge. to charge. Yeah. Yes, you, you're paying $10 to $5 to get in here. Okay, so, yeah, that was that was a big big learning curve for us because, I mean, we would, look, we would, and you ask where all them cakes come from, look, after a party, the, the chapter was just about broke. <laughs> I mean, that's just the way it went. We always called them the T-shirt parties. Which, T-shirt parties? because there was always a t-shirt made for the party oh and they really weren't my favorite because from a leadership standpoint they yeah they were a lot of fun but man it's a lot of headache a lot of safety issues you know like i said earlier you got to worry about there are we going to wind up on the news yeah hate liability and i I like the the unregistered house parties now house parties everybody come you know that that's where you did invite your buddies outside of the fraternity and they were fun but not you know not them them t-shirt parties with liability and all that money being spent yeah it was a shutdown ordeal it, it, this is a strong topic for me that i just was received i'm not sure buster if no y'all don't do it I, so i'm gonna aim it towards these two young young gentlemen over this side how do you feel about somebody that don't know no better breaking through your line to while y'all strolling or party stepping <laughs> breaking through your line getting to another side but they just break through your line while y'all party strolling how y'all feel about that i mean i want in if you if you're if you're in the line you're gonna you're gonna think it's disrespectful because that's what you know you're gonna think it's if, they, if they're breaking through it i we had somebody that Excuse my French, dumb. Two, break through our line, and it did not end well for that young man. Yeah, because, like you said, it is disrespectful the way he did it. Though he went through the line and pushed the whole line out the way. Oh, he was looking. He was looking for a fight. Yeah, he was looking for a fight because he wanted his, excuse my friend, his girl or his supposed girl to come home. So he pushed through the line because she came to a capital party. So, he got dealt with in the wrong way, and no offense, but it it ended wrong. So that's why they asking how y'all feel about that because some of these freshmen that go to school they don't, they know. don't know no better. The honest way, the hold back. <laughs> right. How you feel about it? Well, you know, like like y'all just said, you know, they don't know any better. Uh, and it's up to the fraternity brothers to use their best judgment. Well, I'm gonna say it like this: <laughs> to okay. be co- to be correct, I mean, to be, correct, a, to be good, you know, huh? I mean, to use their best judgment. I mean, that's just the the best way I can put it. You know, 
we, we, while representing the fraternity. Oh, I understand we, that. We, we can talk nice I mean, and intelligent and everything, but <laughs> hey, <laughs> straight up, that's straight up, that's straight up, be real now. All right, come, come on, come on, on now. I'm gonna talk two different no. aspects. Come on, Zeus. The, hey, the, the, college, the college Zeus and the college mindset was gonna whip his ass. And I was gonna get everybody else to whip his ass. Because, you know why? Because I'm drunk. I'm partying and they got women watching. But that's the, co- but that's the college Zeus. That's the college Zeus. Yeah, not now. Not now. I mean, Chris, you don't know this about me, but I can, I can dance. All right? You can dance? Now, I know it's no, a different deal. No, you told deal. me you can I, dance, Buster. I know, I, know, I know that y'all still may be different than just dancing. But I can assure you, I had Adam Brooks and Craig DeSoto right there to make my circle, and there was nobody going to break that circle <laughs> when I was there. So, I mean, you just need to have guys there to, to, to inform them. Yeah, you have some guys that's going to do it. But like I said, hey, the, the college mindset of all of us, it's different from the mindset we have now because we're grown and kids and married and all that. But again, the college me would have whooped his ass because I'm drinking, I'm partying, and I don't care. Now, the me now, I'll try to settle it a little bit different. I'll try to explain to this guy that, hey, you can't do that, man. Now, we're going to leave that note, King. We're going to leave that note right there. We're going to leave that right there. Now, I want to jump into this real quick. Buster, yes, Zeus, yeah. and T. How you feel about fraternity groupies? I, I love them. Yeah, I was going to beat me to it. I, 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 should have, I am should, happily married. I'm happily you married. Have, you are happily married. And but trust God me. bless America. I know. America. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there was a couple things that got me to Northwestern, and then there was a whole lot of things that kept me at Northwestern. <laughs> that was groupies. Yeah, oh, God, yes. I so mean, we do have groupies, right? Oh, yeah. You, yeah. Got your, you got your KA girls, your Sigma Nu girls, your Pi Kappa Phi. You know, they, you got your girls that are going to stick... And then you got the girls that you try to recruit from outside of that. Your cleat chasers, your the soccer team, the volleyball girl. You know, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. We we on the same page with those. Hey, yeah, yeah. Besides education, college is about having a good time, meeting girls. If you're a guy, and you know, it's it's about that. You should have it. It's a part of the experience, and I don't think anybody would take it away. Oh, yeah. I would want to take it away. You, you have All no comment. You smile. have nothing to say about that, huh? You, you gonna <laughs> you leave that alone? You already know which direction <laughs> we <to> take. <laughs> I mean, you know, I think we all... basically, you know, it, it, it's good to have, um, you know, groupies or, um, you know, because you know, in the past they've kind of, you know, a lot of the the women have served as like auxiliary to the fraternities, you know, uh, helping hands, helping out, mm-hmm. um, you know, assistance. Yeah. Helping hands, you know. Yes. So uh, that's, a, that's, that's a good. Time you know, as far as helping hands, you know, and, and that's the way I put it. All, uh, you know, in an auxiliary manner, or auxiliary helping out to the fraternities and uh, and aid and stuff like that. So uh, you know, oh, yeah. the politically <laughs> correct <laughs> answer, right? Yeah, correct answer. Dance, <laughs> drink, and have a good time. Well, let me ask you what, what, he's, what he's talking about is Kappa Sweethearts, Alpha <laughs> Angels, what's the Omega's name? Did, did y'all date sorority girls in college? Yes, I, I, yes, did. I did. I, yes, I, yes. I, I eventually dated a girl that became uh, that that joined a sorority. You know, so yes, I did. Depends on what you mean by date. Well, you know, college <laughs> date. I made every effort not to, because uh, you know I don't know the the sororities at at, at Northwestern in, in in my day were a hundred and fifty. So if you pissed off her, there's a hundred and forty nine other uh, girls pissed at you. Uh, I, I managed. I made it. I avoided it until the big, the kind of the end of my junior year and my senior year, and I dated a, a five year. Oh, mistake! That, that was yeah. Because when that went south, it was a bad deal for old Buster. Okay. All right. 
So we're going to jump to something. We're going to go to a serious note now. Uh, there was a post that was posted on Facebook, and this is aimed towards the Capitol Brothers, and, and Buzz, you can chime in. There was a campus called, well, not a campus, but a school called Jackson State University that had some graffiti made on the Capitol spots that was racially slurred, curse words, and everything else. Me personally, that's is me being in my law enforcement mindset. I don't think it was done by somebody of the Caucasian descent. You think it was done by a black guy? And it, and it probably I, I, I think it was done by a black girl. Oh, because it was written in green. What man that you know gonna go out there and, and pick up a green spray bottle and say, "Yeah, I'm a, I'm gonna put green." Now that's just my opinion. Now I think it's a female that got mad at a noot that dumped them and they got mad to the fact that they went on campus like they got with their girls oh we gonna mess up their spot that's what i feel and that and that was my first thought too i definitely didn't agree with i guess what um not necessarily the media but what other people were kind of going forward to and saying okay well maybe you know this was a racial thing or you know uh you know different race or whatever did this you know or, or whites may have did it i definitely didn't think that that my first thought was just like yours somebody either on campus or had some type of social dealing or whatever with the fraternity actually did that uh so i agree with you on that one I'll say the same because come on, yeah. really? You you think some white some white people gonna come from somewhere else and say that's gonna mess up? Let's go on this black campus and mess up a black fraternity thing. That's not happening. When but, it's more than just that one too. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it was more. Oh really? Mm-hmm. But, it was a lot more. Well, 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 what I mean by as far as like they they could have chose any other fraternity on campus, but they just chose Kappa. Mm-hmm. You know, so that that's what I meant Zeus by, you know. Yeah. I mean, it, well, yeah, I would definitely say it wasn't a fraternity because, or a white fraternity, because whoever would have done it, I mean, you think about the guys that run that fraternity, they would be scared to death. God, mm. we, we've got to deal with this idiot's problems now. So mm. I would, you know, I would look at it as a revenge thing, like y'all talking about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah That's I, what I feel. I wouldn't think, it's a, I don't think another fraternity would do that anyway, because of the, you know, the whole divine nine and family are I don't think another fraternity will mess over another fraternity like that. Now we may talk about each other, we may chant sure, about we, each we other. We're gonna chant about you, anyway, about all him. that good stuff. But it's, it's all you know, in good fun, fun and games. We would we wouldn't go to the, uh, we wouldn't take it to the extreme as to do something to something that's sacred to you. Okay, and also we gonna we gonna touch bases on what Ken asked me the other day. How y'all feel about these new age capitals? Like this, the the suits that's so tight that you can't. Let me move tell you, man. Now, Kappas have the image of. I'm, am I talking too much? No, you're not right. talking too much. Right. Go ahead, go ahead. Kappas have traditionally the image of being, you know, the the ladies' men, the pretty boys, and all of that, which is fine. But some are taking a pretty boy thing mm-hmm. a little bit to the extreme. You're taking a little bit too pretty. When you be when you're too pretty, women are pretty. All right. <laughs> don't, don't be too pretty. Hey, you, you can dress nice. Exactly, man. You can, you can dress nice. You can look good, but keep your masculinity, fellas. That, that's, keep that's, keep that's that. That's all I'm keep saying, that. partners. Please, fraternity brothers, listen to us. We're trying to help you because you're gonna get that label of a metrosexual, and that's gonna be a later topic later on on my show. But that's what you're looking like with these high water pants, walking around thinking you're cute. You look 
What'd you say again? The, the sock game? No, it ain't about the sock game. You're not trying to show off your socks when you go when you go for a job. Ain't nobody gonna hire you for no socks. I'm See, that, that's these new age women. See, and you know what? I blame I blame females. You know why? Let me tell you why. Here we go. I, I blame the female, and the reason why I blame going, females. Bro. Because guys will only do what girls like. Man, I learned, mm. how, I learned how to play chess because a girl liked it, all right? Who not? Guys will only do what, what the females like. These guys with this crazy stuff in their head, the way they're dressing, the women are saying, hey, I like this. Now, if the women said, hey, you need to do this with your hair, you need to dress like this or dress like that, they would do it. So, women, it's your fault the way the guys look. <laughs> I agree with you, though. See, you I mean, <laughs> I... For I mean, you know, of course, I haven't been in the, in a fraternity for a long time, but from looking at the beginning of the fraternity, uh, how the um, the fraternity was designed, and how uh, I guess the image of the fraternity was designed and made, I think for a while, um, Kappa kind of lost that image a little bit through the years. Um, you know, in particular, because certain chapters, um, I'm not going to say just in particular, but certain chapters and, and maybe even certain brothers to me from what I've noticed through the years and even through the years I've been a part of been a member that they weren't really um, kind of carrying that image and, and showing that image of what Kappa really was and what Kappa really looked like, uh, you know, back then, the true image of Kappa. And um as far as the the styling and the, and I guess the the uh, tailor fitting of the clothes and the fitting of the clothes, I mean, I I kind of I'm halfway on it because you know I guess maybe it's just you know with the times now you know I guess it's now you know with the times you know guys are are, are wearing more tailored uh, outerwear that, you know that, what tailored not, clothes that, that's not tailored and, high water pants are not tailored high water well, pants. Cause see, that's Urkel. That how? <laughs> that's that's what that is. You look like Urkel. Yeah, and, and 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 I do get about the the whole sock game thing, which is a big thing now too. You know, um, but me, I haven't seen no <laughs> water. I haven't yeah. seen. You know, as far but as far as like the skinny legs and all that stuff, no, I, I don't agree with that. You know, you know, I don't. But you know. It's, yeah, I guess it's just the times. I'm probably know? the oldest one in the room, and I, I can agree. No, with you're it. not. Who is? <laughs> no, you are the oldest yeah, one. I am the oldest one. I'm 38 <laughs> years old. I mean, look, I'm with you. It's a change of the times. Yeah. I mean, and it's not just... It's not just with the black fraternities, the, the you know the white fraternities too. They, I was gonna bring you. I in. mean, look, you, you look at when you come in my classroom. Right, now I will not look. Me? <laughs> I do not wear skinny jeans. No, he does I not do wear not. skinny jeans. But I, I, you know, I wear I, I wear the khakis now like that. I mean, I don't want to try to fit in somewhat with the kids that I teach. They'll you know connect with me on some level. Uh, you know, as a side note, you know, all the the old crazy white haired. White people were not going crazy about them sagging with the skinny jeans. So at least they're happy. <laughs> that's what I was about to say. I was about to say, you know, get, get off Kappa because it's that's how guys dress now. Yeah, it guys is. Dress, it's style. I mean, come on. Change of the times. It's cool to be feminine now. That That's how it is. I mean, call a spade a spade. It's not uh, homosexual. Homosexuality is, is going crazy. 
That, that's not that's not looked down upon. So it's on TV every yeah. night. I mean, so if if, if you're looking feminine, that's fine because society says it's fine, and so people are going to dress and do the things that they do because society says it's okay. So that's why this whole changing out. I mean, that's that's a topic for a whole other show. We can go on all day. Yeah, but it's beyond just not okay. You you talk about society. Look on TV. What percentage of society is homosexual? It's it's very very small. Yeah, what percentage of TV characters? TV characters that have actually come out is more and more. No, 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 no. I'm talking about just the characters themselves on the show. If you was to look at television, you would assume that society that society is about 35 percent homosexual. Okay. And that that's not reality though, hmm. at all. You, you follow you follow what I'm saying. I'm, yeah, I'm agreeing you. with you that it's almost like it's pushed now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yes. I mean yeah. that, it, and it doesn't yeah. match up with reality at all. Right. True. So we're going to move on to the next one real quick. I showed my my panel here a video of the Florida teenager caught breaking and entering, which unfortunately resulted in death. I'm going to put my take on it. I think the lady, the victim, did right. Uh, Anybody breaking my my house, yeah, I'm not shooting to warn you. I'm going to shoot to harm you. Yeah. Because that's my house, that's my livelihood, that's 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 where I lay my head. So if I don't feel safe, and I and I know somebody broke in my house, yeah, I'm not gonna put on like, hey, stop, get out of my house. No, I'm gonna grab my pistol and I'm defend my property. Now, how do y'all feel about that situation? Can I go first? Yeah, because you're going to take the longest, Zeus. <laughs> no, no, I'm short and sweet, man. Now, all right. My issue wasn't with the guy getting get shot, uh, getting shot. Because, hey, you do the crime, you do the time. All right? You, you done wrong. You got, I mean, it's unfortunate that he died. But you were stealing. I mean, somebody protecting that property. Now, I'm not saying you should have died. But guess what? You shouldn't have been stealing. So it sucks for you, doesn't it? Now, my my problem becomes <laughs> Damn <laughs> I, 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 I hate a thief. Black or white, I well, hate a thief. Hey, all right. A spade a spade. Go ahead. Now, call it. But the big issue to me is his family, all the other people on the media that, trying to defend question. saying something about um living in the hood, how he's gonna get his clothes and all of that stuff. Get a job, don't steal it. I mean, they, was, they were trying to defend him. He shouldn't have got shot or whatever. He shouldn't have been stealing. That's the main thing. And I think that's a big problem that we have. We're trying to defend wrongdoing. I mean, if you do something wrong, it would be a consequence. What was the race of the woman that, that shot him? White. White. No, it was white. Yeah. So, and, and that's, that's that, the issue. That, 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 that complicates that, that's, it. Yeah. That, that's a complicated thing. Yeah. I mean, and then she's talking about uh, he valued education. He did all this and did all that. He had he, plans he for the future. <laughs> he dropped, value education. What was his plan for the future? Yeah, what was it? To sell her stuff? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. I mean, come on, man. I mean, and, and I hope, you know, the black community doesn't crucify me for this, but that's how it is. I mean, stop stop sticking up for just race. Stick up for morals. Amen. Yeah. Amen. I, yeah. I agree with you. We have to have morals. We, we have to start putting values back in our children because if we don't start at home, and I was telling the kid today, he didn't want to follow rules at school. He 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 just want to do what he want to do. I asked him a serious question: If the world didn't have no rules or regulation or laws, people can go like purge, right, and go around killing, stealing your stuff, 
and they get away with it. If that's what society wanted us to go to, we're we in deep shit. And, and Do I at, teach this kid? No, you don't <laughs> teach that kid. Hey, and, and, and look at <laughs> and, and I watched this article a couple times. And look look at the image that he had. I mean, black or white. Look at the image. He looked like a common thug. And it it doesn't matter if you are Einstein. People are going to judge you from the way you look. You look like a common thug, and you still in you you robbing somebody's house. He's feeding into the stereotype that a lot of black males uh, are getting charged with. I don't I don't I don't want to be stereotyped just because of somebody that's doing wrong. But I mean, but look, look at his image. He looked like the common thug. He looked like the one that I would see be, being a young black man myself. I would see him and think. Man, I won't let him cut my grass because he's gonna find out where I live and he's gonna rob my house. Exactly. I mean, so it's, it's it's not it's not a racial thing. It's not a white person thinking a black person is doing something. It's just your image. Again, exactly. me being a young black man, I probably would have done the exact same thing, and probably shot him a few more times. That's 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 murder, bro. <laughs> no, that's, no, that's wait, murder. Wait, wait. <laughs> hey, just, just I'm saying I, I got to make sure my family's protected. Right? <laughs> oh, okay. TJ, you got you you got something to say on that note? No, I mean. I, I feel the same way you guys feel. Um, you have you have the right to defend your your property. Yes, you do. For him to break into your home, it, you you never know what that woman had going on in her house. She could have had a newborn baby in there. No, house. what was going on is he was known to steal around the neighborhood, <laughs> and they put up cameras to watch him steal. So when he came in that house, yes, that was his fate. I'm sorry, black people don't. Don't get mad at me for what I'm saying, but I'm just telling you the truth. You keep on doing the same behavior, guess what? And you want something different. That's insanity, people. So that's that's I kind was, of the same thing when like when we know our cousin Ray Ray always robbing people, right? Yes. And when he go to jail, we like free Ray Ray. <laughs> for real? <laughs> for real? Yeah. We're we gonna free Ray Ray. But mm -hmm. we got that bad though. That's another. You want to free Ray Ray until Ray Ray rob your ass? Then it's and, like and, where he and, at? And not to do the race thing. It's not just in blacks. No, it's not. Why has he got cousins that come in and be like, "Nah, you put up all our uh, jewelry, jewelry and everything," because Craig yeah. is coming in uh, tonight and he's gonna <laughs> stay with us. He know he steal. But but I but I want to give a white perspective on this, and 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 I know that's what I'm here for. And this is something that that, that, that confuses us, and it is something that, that it, right. honestly we talk about. You know, had the boy been white, exactly. Had the boy been white that got shot. There wouldn't be nobody from the community on TV. There wouldn't be no white people on TV saying, "Well, Billy had future plans." Right? No, everybody would have said, "Billy's dumbass got it." But what we, what I feel like, a lot of black people as a whole would have done at that point, we would have still been trying to make it racial, even though it was white on white. We still, we probably would have we'll been. Find a way. We'll look, find a way. Look, white people do it too. Look, they do it too because yeah. we're always waiting for that moment. We're always waiting for for white people to do something crazy so we can be like, look, look, you. They do it too. They do it too. So because we, we're trying to get the attention off of us. So I feel like we. There's always going. This is always going to make it on yeah. there. There is no way around it. Race Wait, is but, but, that, be but, in. but if we could, you know, break that thing. I mean, this guy, you know, it's like Zeus says. I mean. How can you defend you? There's no defense on this guy, you know. I mean, and, and plus, to me, one of the things that that one of the girls said on the video was, uh, "His life was more important than her rights." No, no, negative. No, no, that's a negative. negative. How many soldiers have died for her and his right. rights? Yeah, plus too many. Yeah, yeah them <laughs> rights are important. You give them rights up, you have nothing. And one of the most important, and here comes my political science background. 
the, the castle doctrine. That's your castle. That's mm. your castle, and you have all the right in the world to defend it. Exactly. You know, right. And he paid the price because he invaded her castle. And right. Plus, most of the times when these young kids break into these houses, they're armed. So yeah. how was she supposed to know he wasn't armed? I mean, exactly. was she supposed to check and see if he was armed first? Exactly. That's I mean, what you, I was we, saying we're putting race before common sense. I mean, not even just morals, but common sense. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. I mean, I, yeah. And that's what I was trying to say earlier. I, w- I was saying we don't know what she had going on in that particular house. She could have been taking care of a newborn baby and... Just like you say, he could have been armed. Right, right. right. Yeah, but but you know that's that's the thing though, TJ. If she had nothing in there but empty gallons of milk, she right. still could have been. Yeah, yeah. She can defend it, right? Yeah, I mean, and that's legal though, right? I yeah, mean, yeah, that's, that's right. legal. Yeah, I mean, stand your ground. What's it called? Well, different states call it stand your ground, but there's right. the castle doctrine. Is that's your home? That's right. it. You nobody can just come in there, and I mean, even the government can't come in there without a, a warrant. Right. Yeah, I mean, nobody can just come in. Right, that's your and, right, and that's. Yeah, and, and, you know, I try to instill that in the kids that I teach, how important your rights are. Uh, you know, mom and apple pie don't make you American. <laughs> I tell my kids, it's the Bill of Rights in the Constitution. We could all get up and we could trade places with Russia. They come over here, we go over there. And if we set up with these same rules that protect us, we're still American. You know, it doesn't matter where we're at. It's, it's those pieces of paper right. that protects this woman. So you said pretty much you look at America as a as a... A policy more or, or, or a set of morals than a, an actual we, we, physical. We're a nation of laws, right? In in those two pieces of paper, and if we if we make it a point never to break them, we're good. All right. Yeah, you know, that in my opinion. Okay. I agree. Now I do want to chime in on a little something because I know Buster's gonna be very very verbal with this one because I know for a fact Buster, did you not go to a Trump rally? Yes, I did. How how was that 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 experience like compared to what's going on now? All these brawls that's going on. How you feel about that compared to your experience? That well, you have to look at where the brawls are coming from. Now, a lot of these people, guess what they do for a living? They are paid activists. Now, if you have to be very careful about the news that you look at, but I mean, these people are paid to go do these type of things i mean this is just factual now the one i went to was in baton rouge and uh look i will be the first to tell you trump carries on like a clown <laughs> and the, the closest thing i can compare this to would be wrestling and you notice i said <laughs> wrestling, wrestling not wrestling yeah okay he would he would come up to the podium and uh and by the way the the former record for the place the the one right there on the river was 8500 people when elton john was there 12500 that night for him Wow. And I was one of the last few to get in. But uh, he, you know, he would say something. He'd hit the podium and he'd back up and he would, you know, raise his arms up. And, I mean, it really looked like wrestling. Right. (laughs) But, I mean, you know, I'm going to tell you, I support him. And one of the things that hurts me the most is what do people say about somebody when they want to hurt him in America? He's a racist. How? What has he said or done? Now he, I will be the first to say he doesn't word things right when he when he talks about the border, but we need a border. Try to go to Mexico. Guess what they got? They gonna stop you. They gonna stop you and check you first. All right. I mean they they take their border serious. Look at what's happening in Europe. 
I mean, this is just a fact. You look at what happened in Paris in November. You look at what happened in Belgium yesterday. I do not want that happening here. And look, my master's is in Islamic history. So this is something that I know, and I have very close Islamic friends. One of the people that I admire most on this planet right now is King Abdullah. But what has, I mean, what has Trump said that is racist? And I, and I also want to point this out. I want you to think about the thousands of black people, of Hispanic people, of Asians that work for this man. Where are they? Where are they raising hell on TV? Because they'd be there. If any of them's been screwed over by Trump, they'd be there. And, and I have... The most important message I could ever bring to Democrats about Trump, because there are thousands. I don't know if y'all are aware of this, but Democratic roles are way down. They are like way down, and Republican roles are way up because Democrats are crossing the aisle and they're voting for Trump. You know, what Democrats don't realize is Trump is the man that you want. Because he's not George Bush, okay? He's not the conservative that, that a Democrat may not like or that black people may not have traditionally want to, wanted to support. He, he's not going after the social issues that a lot of kids are worried about. Gay marriage isn't going anywhere under Trump. I, I seriously see very little happening to abortion under Trump. Uh, you, you know, and, and Trump always says, we're putting America back to work. And so many people will find a way to twist that into a racial thing. That's not how is offering people career opportunities a racial thing. This is a good thing for America. I mean, he wants to help this country climb back out of the, the funk that it's in. And, and I, I just can't help but say I support him. And, and the only other thing, were, were you military? I am, still am. You still, okay, you yeah, still me are. me too, yeah. I, okay, both of you. I, yeah, I don't... You know, this is the most time I've ever spent with y'all, just met y'all, but I would hope that it would scare y'all. I, I don't even want to say his name, but that that goofball on the other side is this far along. A socialist, an, an out-of-the-closet socialist, has come this far in the presidential election process. It makes me just sick. It, it, it's, it's, it, 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 the scary thing is so many of the kids that support him, when you ask them what socialism is, they have no clue. They right. think they think it's like oh that's it's social issues. It's like they think because I you know what like we talked about earlier the kids love gay marriage now mm-hmm. the kids love all these but yes this is about everybody's equal and everybody mm, they they have no clue and this man has gotten that far and the college kids love him because hey not only are you gonna be able to smoke marijuana but we're gonna pay for you to go to college. <laughs> 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 Well, my my first what I what I would first want to say is what do you have to say to the people who feel like Donald Trump um like like you just gave me a real educated explanation of why you support him. Mm-hmm. When I I don't know if you would consider that the that the news only interviews certain people, but when f- other Trump supporters talk, I don't know if it's because they choose certain people and they sound com- like complete idiots to be honest. Um Donald Trump himself do you think that he should have somebody translating like you that actually speaks at the podium? Because when when he speaks, I think he sounds like a complete idiot most of the time. Well, he does. 
Yeah, yeah I agree. <laughs> but, but, you know what I'm saying? So, and, and since we, I'm being honest, because like you, you just broke it down. But what do you have to, to say to the people who feels like he has a reckless mouth and who, who he, he really, I mean, he's, he's like Superman. He, he doesn't feel like anything can stop him. When in reality, if he wins, that's the, mo- that's the hot seat. That's one of the most pow- powerful men in the world. If you're if you're in that captain's chair, commander in chief of America, and you're you, and you have to deal with other countries like, uh, let's say like a Russia or a Korea, how do you feel like he would handle situations differently than things have been handled? I've never felt more in the hot seat in my life. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Be, because not not that I'm fixing to to say something for Donald Trump, but I'm fixing yeah. to complain about our current president. And, and I'm hoping as military, y'all will understand well, this. Well, no, I mean, I'm, I'm, we all grown. We it's all, free okay. speech, man. Yeah. Free speech. Okay. Freedom of speech. Listen, we have been for the last seven years with a president that is concerned primarily with domestic issues, whether it be gay marriage, whether it be Obamacare. When it, and, and I don't agree with those things, but he, he, he did a good job because he got them passed. All right. Internationally, America has become basically a joke. Right. Okay. If you look back to Putin, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to say that Bush was no great president, but Putin was Bush's lapdog. Now, I want to ask you, would, would Putin have invaded the Ukraine under Bush? Negative. I mean, it just wouldn't have happened. Uh, would Russia have gone into Syria under Bush? Now, again, excuse me, young lady, but... Trump talks like an idiot, but do you, are, are y'all aware of his direct quote? And if you are not, I'd encourage you to look it up on YouTube right now, what Trump said about ISIS. You know, ISIS has gained... Are y'all... y'all no, know what I, I'm about I'm, to say? Educate, that, educate us and the listeners. Okay. <laughs> ISIS has overtaken millions of barrels of oil. I mean, think about the money. And they're smuggling that through Turkey to sell it on the black market. Now, yeah, it's it. not at, at market price, but... ISIS is funding themselves through this. Look it up. I love it. And it was at this moment when I said, you know what? It does sound like a clown, but by God, he means business. Right. He said, ISIS, they've got the oil now. And he, I'd bomb the shit out of them. <laughs> that was, I mean, he said that on TV. You know what? Listen, I, I, I don't want, you know, if you look at ISIS and then you, you, you listen to Obama, it's either he blames it on economic reasons or global warming. And then when they, when, oh my God, when they say global warming, it just makes me sick to my stomach. Yes, people want to kill us because of global warming. Okay? But usually uh, Obama will say, they don't have jobs. There, there's not enough economic opportunity there. Prince Charles, the future freaking king of England. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lack of resources and not enough water sources in the desert that causes ISIS. It's all directly linked back to, to uh, global warming and the fact that you drive a big SUV. Man, no, it's not. <laughs> Are you really that out of touch with reality? We, you know, he is a clown. He does run off at the mouth. But he will bomb the shit out of them. <laughs> I want you to look, 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 you two are military guys. How did we win World War II? Wait. Before yet, I agree with them in that aspect. I totally agree. Having been overseas, having been in the trenches, I say kill them all, but continue. Well, right. not, well no, I don't want to just kill them all. But, <laughs> oh, but, oh, my. No, Damn, no, Zeus. <laughs> just consider, consider right. Germany. How did we beat Germany? I, I mean, it was complete uh, uh, stranglehold. We didn't just beat the Nazis. Mm-hmm. 
We had to we had to tell the German people, you don't want to follow this. Mm-hmm. We are fixing to make it bad on you. And was it brutal? Yes. Was there carpet bombing? Yes. Was it bad for the German people? Absolutely. But I want to ask you, how many problems have we had with Nazis since 1945? Zero. How much militarism has been going on in Japan since 1945? None. Nobody. You know, look, if you go back to, to Germany and when they would do their bombing runs, they would say, hey, you know there's uh, this castle that's 1,200 years old in this neighborhood, you know, and the general would say, yep, that's a shame. <laughs> now, in Iraq, they would say, well, there's a mosque that's 700 years old here. Oh, well, we can't yeah. go there. we yeah. got to go somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, we got to yeah. stop that. I think what a more political version of what he was, what he was just trying to say is that uh, a, lot of, a lot of military men would feel... Uh, would would agree with more Republican ways of, of warfare, because since we've had a democratic, uh, it's been it's been like that before. The rules of engagement in war are absolutely horrible. The rules that we have to follow that other countries don't follow. And when you say we're going to bomb the shit out of them, we're going to just take care of the problem. We'd rather just get this war over with than carry it on for mm-hmm. fourteen sure. years, or something. right? You know, yeah. which is I mean, in, in in a sense that it's costing the country more money. And you know, of course, we you know you you wanna you wanna be as cost efficient as possible because when you're talking about cutting soldiers' paychecks and things like that, you know, to to fund a war that we really are, it's like I want to fight you, but I'm gonna just hold myself back. Yeah. But I, I see you coming at me, but I just I can't do anything until I feel you slap me. Um, so in in that sense, like I was saying, uh, there's a lot of men in the military that agree with that aspect of it. Um, can you? Explain to people um, who see who see Donald Trump as a, a very extremist. Now, a lot of people do. Do you feel like the news is portraying him a different way than what what you see at the rally? Because you went to the rally, you seen him raw. Do you feel like the news takes that footage and chops it up? Oh, it, or is he well, really news, like that? <clears throat> look, the news does that to everybody. Uh, yeah, there's it, there's nobody I have more disrespect for than than news reporters sports writers at the lowest but still all of them together i, I hope god i hope none of your sports writers but i mean yeah journalists I, I mean yes because what do they want to do what what is what is and look i watch they fox news but what is fox news's biggest goal they want their big store and, right, and, yeah. and sell commercials right so what are they going to do they're going to pander to me okay if you watch cnn or msnbc they're going to pander to you they're going to do anything they can to make you look stupid right uh, i i i read internet journal review Okay, and they made this uh, story up about Bernie Sanders. Now, there's nobody I despise more than Bernie Sanders, but they, they, a woman came in, and she was topless, and she had some political stuff writ, written on her, and he said, uh, I made it a point to catch every, every view. They wrote this story up like he's a dirty old man. I'm like, come on now. Look, I don't like the man. He made a joke. He made a joke about a naked woman. You know? Right. They do this stuff to Trump. What do they take out of Trump's speeches? What do you hear? Well, this, the, the, the worst parts, the parts that's going to make him sound stupid. You know, uh, my biggest thing, though, the, the biggest fear I have is what we talked about earlier. What makes us Americans is those rights. You have these paid protesters that go there, and what do they do? They, they shut them down. And what is that doing? That, that's taking my right to go hear it, his right to speak there. If you don't like it, stand outside. The news is going to cover you. Well, how do you don't feel? stop it for me, though, or for somebody that wants to hear it. How do you feel about the? There are certain videos of of certain uh, Muslims getting escorted out. Do you feel like that 
a stage thing or are those are paid protesters or how do you feel about those situations where you say pro- paid protesters i mean this is look the, the one that rushed, rushed the stage the other day did y'all see that one in chicago yeah, I seen that one. yes did you did you see what what else he's done i mean this is what this guy does for a living <laughs> the deal where they had the the american flag brought up on campus and that that was a big deal that was uh broadcast all over the internet and everything that's him that's him. This is what this man does for a living. Move on dark move on dot org. George Soros. Y'all familiar with George Soros? Mm. Billionaire that funds a lot of democratic stuff. And not just I'm not talking about good old union Democrats from my mom and daddies. I'm talking about Bernie Sanders type stuff, way far left than than your average Democrat even thinks about. Right. I mean yeah, I mean these are bad people. You know, they are there. I mean, look, if, if Bernie Sanders comes to kinder, I'm staying at home. <laughs> I ain't going to try to disrupt it. If people want to go listen, let them go listen. That's their right as Americans. I'm not there to, to you know, go start a fight or do these things to, to, you know, to draw attention away from the message. And I'm going to tell you why people are scared of, of Trump. And I'm not talking about average citizens. I'm talking about Washington. Because let me tell you, Democrats and Republicans, the Republican establishment, the people that used to, you know, that we were supposed to have looked up to, they don't like him. I'm gonna tell you why. Why? Why do you think they don't like him? Um, I think it's probably well. I, I can't really answer that question. I can only answer speak truthfully from why I feel like a lot of uh, normal American American citizens don't like Donald Trump. But I, as far as that, I'm pretty sure you probably give me a better educated ex- explanation. Can you buy him? No. Nope. No, half an, no. Half an yeah, the, the average. What, what is it? What is it about five hundred thousand a year for uh, ex presidents? Or how, how does that work? He's about four hundred thousand, five hundred thousand dollars a year. You can't, you can't buy this man. The the special interest can't buy him. Special special interest. They own Hillary Clinton. They own Paul Ryan. They own. They'll own Ted Cruz. They'll own Paul, uh, John Kasich. All these people are owned. You can't buy this man. So he's like the Bruce Wayne. <laughs> Just the billionaire guy that nobody really can tell. Well, yeah, and, and, and the sad thing is, and I want to I want to tell you this: the key to rebuilding America's economy is jobs. And I want to ask you, how many jobs has Barack Obama created? Hillary Clinton. Now hold on, let me cross the aisle. Well, Bernie Sanders. Let's get Republican on you, Marco Rubio, uh, John Kasich. Jeb Bush, but any let, of them. But, but, now, but, how but many me, jobs let, has Trump created? Let me go with you on that. Now, how many businesses have gone bankrupt with Trump in it? How many millionaires or billionaires have not gone bankrupt? I mean, that's we don't a common, hear about it. That's what no, I'm saying. That's a common. I, I will, I'm here to tell you from a business standpoint. I don't know if T's agreeing with me or looking at something else, but I mean, the reason why I'm asking that: Will you? Do you feel like he would he bankrupt the company? The, oh no. The, the, the no! United States. No, we already in in. We can't go. Well, no, well, I mean, if that was the case, we'd be bankrupt now. Now we, I'm not. I can't promise there. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, I can't promise you that Trump will do do a perfect job. I mean, who knows? But I mean, at the spending rate under Democrats and Republicans, they they've spent. Imagine if you spent like the government. What position would you be in right now? Broke. Yeah, I mean bankruptcy. Yeah. You can't spend more than you make, and right. that is what we have done. But if if we go into bombing the shit out of them and, and doing very extreme it's things, cost money. that is it will really cost a, money. 
But here's the th- here's the thing that I used to say when I first got into political science, and this was during the first Iraq War, or no, the second Iraq War. Right. I'm like, now hold on, Chief. They have all this oil. We're there fighting to get rid of this man. Yet we have to pay for it. If we have to go somewhere, South Korea, how much money do we spend? I don't know if y'all heard about this part about what Trump talks about. How much money do we spend? Realistically, who protects South Korea? The South Koreans? No. Yeah. Okay. What do the South Koreans pay for this? What, pay for protection? Yeah, for our protection. Probably nothing. You are right, TJ. (laughs) And guess what Trump has said about this? No more. It's time to pay up. We look strategically. Do we still want to protect South Korea? Yes, we will. But is it time for them to pay up a little on this? Absolutely. Well, I, if anything, if anything, I would say that if if that did happen, do uh, and like I said, I'm I'm very uneducated on Donald Trump, so I don't publicly just try to when I'm in a, when I'm in a debate, I remain open. Do you think that Trump would? Uh, Raise the way that the military gets paid because I understand that, the, and I, I've, I've, I'm in the military. I know that there is not much money for the work. Do you think that he's very military oriented as a commander in chief? Veteran wise, I will say yes. But I have to pause for a station break. Don't go away because I have to come right back to you. <laughs> veteran wise, let me tell you, veterans will be taken better care of than anybody. Sorry, we had to take a little little leak, people. We we <laughs> we up here drinking good old Budweiser and uh, some daiquiris, so and had to come out. <laughs> um, Sprite. Oh, Sprite. Thank TJ's you. drinking Sprite. Yeah, right. That, that ain't no Sprite. Yeah, just just and the white dude showed up with a Coke and ain't no <laughs> <laughs> so typical, right? <laughs> Pop. So we were at. We're still talk, talking about Trump. So we going we we got one more minute on that because we're gonna wrap it up real soon. Okay, yeah. the The question was how how's he gonna treat the military? I will say this: the main thing that he has stressed over and over again is taking care of our veterans. Now, will military pay go up? I don't know. I cannot speak for that because he has not really. I've heard nothing spoken about that. But veteran wise. I mean, look at the wreck we've been in. And, look, this ain't just an Obama deal. This has been from back in Bush and really, you know, all the way through. Now, I mean, this is government bureaucracy at its best, screwed up, and it's treating our veterans bad. But you can go all the way back to Plato and, and uh, Socrates. Veterans need to be treated well. I don't know if y'all know, if y'all have ever looked back to it, but you can look, you know, back thousands of years. Uh you know, they said that you, you don't want your soldiers paid too much. It, you just don't. And I mean, and, and think about why. I mean, did either one of you serve your country for money? No. No. Exactly. And that's what. Yeah, you can't. That's what I mean, we want. I hope nobody isn't. Cause exactly. It's not. But but no. But what kind of people would you get if the money was great? Yeah, you're right. I, I see your point. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that that's not my point. I mean, that goes back to Plato. Plato said back then. You know, you want the people that fight for your country. You do not want to pay them too much because you want them to be patriotic. Mm-hmm. Now, when they get done, you better take care of them. And that, that, that's, that's over 2,000 years old. You don't pay your soldiers too much because you want them to fight out of love of country. But when they're finished, you take care of them. And, and quite frankly, under the last two presidents, they ain't been taken care of. Right. And I really don't know about, about uh, Bush Sr. or Clinton, but I have a feeling— Probably not under them either. The the VA is a horrible system. Yeah. I mean, that's just a fact. Yes. Absolutely. But Trump has made that. I, I've never, 
studied a president or heard a president in my 38 years that it's made it a point to talk about that as much as he has. Okay. Okay. I appreciate I appreciate that, man. It's good. Yeah. Like I was, I was I, telling you, it's good to debate somebody that's educated on, on – not a lot of people are very educated and speak and know how to speak like you do because what we see He's is just political idiots science, just yelling major. at you <laughs> and just, just – it's, it's, they don't really have a reason behind why they believe in Trump besides the same reason why a lot of people just follow Barack Obama. Now, I'm not, going, I'm not just one-sided. Right. A lot of people just follow Barack Obama. Hey, he's black, so no matter what mm-hmm. he says, I'm just going to yell Barack Obama in your face. Well, you so, know – you know, but he the, the the thing of the matter is 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 he's he's done, but what what I do not like is and and if you you follow the news and you understand this, Hillary Clinton just assumes to have the black vote. I mean, it's a foregone conclusion. I mean, I don't know if y'all remember this and look it up online, but there was people that used to call at the time they called Bill Clinton the the first black president. I mean, this is a fact. That, I think that's ridiculous. I, I what, what, is he, what has he done for the black people to, to even remotely be called the first black president? I'm going to tell you, I want to nominate who I wish would have been the first black president. I'm going to tell you somebody to start reading. And I hope that, that his name can go viral from this. But Thomas Sal. You ever heard this man's name? I've never heard his Thomas name. Thomas Sal is a brilliant economist. He, he's, a, he's a black man. He was in, I mean, you, you name the important colleges he's yep. taught there. And for the longest time, and I guarantee you this was due to racism, I read him in a newspaper out in Natchitoches, but they never had his picture. Mm. I read this man for years before finally I got a hold of the newspaper that, you know, because usually on the editorials they put your picture. They right. didn't in Natchitoches. And I, and I guarantee you there was a reason to that. Yeah. Now don't watch no videos because I will tell you he sucks as a speaker, but as a writer, <laughs> so he's kind of like as he's a writer, he's great. It's kind of like Ben Carson, who's not a really good speaker. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. There you go. Yeah, he's, he's you know he makes Ben Carson look like Mick Jagger, or <laughs> whoever. I mean, you name him. Oh, okay, I'm sorry, Little Wayne, whoever. Yeah, I mean Rick James. I mean, but he, James. Rick. Yeah. Here's my last question. Yeah. How do you feel about Ben Carson now supporting Trump? Yeah. Listen, this is the year of the outsider. Ben Carson's an outsider. Donald Trump is an outsider. Ted Cruz. If 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 I'm talking to non non Republicans, you know, in the room or on the air, I want you to understand. Bernie Sanders is an outsider. Right. I do who I hope loses. But I mean, <laughs> Ted Cruz and and Donald Trump are now the the number one and number two in the race. They're outsiders. Ben Carson, he's right there with them. He's an outsider. And I'm going to tell you something. There, there's not one bad thing about about Ben Carson. I mean, he was he was a little weak on on uh, you know foreign policy, and it kind of cost him. But realistically, like we said, I mean, he's just not a public speaker, right? And I mean, look, you look at Reagan, you look at Obama, you look at Clinton. They're public speakers. That's, that's some of their best assets. George Bush. Yeah. No. He was a fun public speaker. Oh, I, I used to I love mean, watching. You still, him. you'd watch him though. Yeah. Tell me, you changed the channel not to hear him say that. Uh, you know, I wish that shoe would have hit him in the forehead though. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, you wouldn't listen to him. Though. Yeah, ex- explain it to the, the listeners what you mean by outside as somebody who wasn't a politician. Okay, you right. have the political establishment. You have in the Democratic Party. You have the Clintons. Right. You have people. You have uh, George Soros, the man that produces the money. Right. Democrats are going to complain to you about the Koch, the, the Koch brothers. 
All right, when the Democrats, you have George Soros. He is the money. And you have people like Hillary Clinton that this money man is going to pick for you and tell you this is who you should support. Now, on the Republican side, you have the Koch brothers. And these guys are billionaires. And they pick people like Jeb Bush or Marco Rubio and tell you this is who you should support. Right now, they're desperately, desperately trying to figure out what to do because guess what? The people have said no on the Republican side. They've said no to anybody they pick. They picked Ted Cruz. They picked Donald Trump, who's not part of the establishment. They are outside the tribe, if you want to say that. The Democrats, Hillary's going to win. I mean, we can all just pretty well assume that. But Bernie Sanders has done so well. And he is not who the Democrats want because they're scared of him, because they know that you get no crossover vote, no Zero Republicans are going to vote for Bernie Sanders. But there's a lot of Democrats that will vote, you know, for for Donald Trump. You know, I I mean, that's just the honesty of it. But, yeah, the establishment is very unhappy this year because the people of America aren't listening to them. And I think that's great because we have the power, not them. Right. Yeah, their money means nothing. Their, you know, their idea to tell us. That who you know is kind of being thrown out of the door now. Yeah, And it needs to be thrown out of the door. Right. Just like, like Hillary running with you know after her husband uh, just like Jeb running after right yeah. George running after George running yeah after, I mean you know kind of mean <laughs> that what, what a lot of people don't realize and I want the black community to know that, that the average Republican you know not the ones on TV not the ones not the millionaires but the average Republican like me doesn't like Jeb wasn't necessarily happy with George we want something different we want somebody more middle of the road and, you know, the most middle-of-the-road thing that we have in front of us right now is Trump. I mean, you, you, you're going way far left with Bernie, come back a little bit with uh, Hillary, mm-hmm. but a little bit closer to the middle, you have, you have Trump, you know, and then you start going far to the right with, with uh, Cruz. But I'm, I'm going to tell you, obviously, from the voting results, Cruz is just not the guy. We, we haven't picked him. The Republicans haven't picked him. We don't want him. Right. You know, he he runs off the evangelical thing. He's the big Christian. Well, you know what? Most of us, you know, the Bible tells us not to do this, but I don't buy it. I don't buy it from him. Really, the only person that I bought their Christianity from has been Ben Carson. Uh, Right. That's what I was going to say. You know, and and now Trump will will say, yes, I'm a great Christian. Well, if you're a Christian, you know, (laughs) right off the bat, that's something you don't say. (laughs) But I love what Jerry Falwell Jr. said about him. Now, Jerry Falwell Jr., he said, listen, I'm not telling you this man should be your Sunday school teacher or your preacher, but he'd make a good president. And I ask you, you know, to the Christian voters out there, when you go in for, uh, you know, brain surgery, do you want the good brain surgeon or do you want the good Christian brain surgeon? Yeah. I want just whoever's going to do a good job of it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This was good. This was really good. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Buster. I, I got that's a lot of money. We'll come back. Honestly, that's why I really brought them. Yeah. Shout out to Buster. <clears throat> but it comes to the time where we have to close. But I have a little segment called Can You Believe This? Have any of y'all seen the Easter Bunny Brawl? No, I still haven't seen that. Yeah, no. The, 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 the Fighting Easter Bunny. Oh, I'm about to show my it, it my can't crew be, right it now. It can't be worse than a twerking Minnie Mouse. 
twerk. Hey, I've seen it, but I'm gonna look that up. Wait, I think I seen it. Yeah. Oh, they got I, all. They got I all. I think I mine. seen that one. <laughs> yeah. But the fighting bunny, I really want to know what pissed him off enough to take his bunny head off and whoop everybody in the mall. <laughs> well, I gotta see this. Oh yeah, I'm about to show you. So, so the actual look, Easter bunny that was the Easter bunny that's in the mall with children got into a fight. Look, if, if we on if we on showing YouTube videos, look, I, I I was a little offended when you when you asked me if we don't step or whatever. Come, Chris, you. <laughs> I mean, you never seen my Michael Jackson video? Uh -oh. No, I never seen. Uh oh, Michael. we definitely gotta put this well, up we too. Got yeah, we got a that we can up. add then. Uh, oh. And you gotta watch to the end because there's a special finish. Wait, this is you? This is yeah, me. You dance like a white guy. Yeah, it's like the typical. No, no, negative. <laughs> he got a little oh, really. Chris, just a wait, little. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. A little. At least oh. you're on beat. Oh, you gonna kick the leg up? Just wait. Right. Are, you, are, are you intoxicated on this video? You, yeah, Not it kind of really. looks like. <laughs> <laughs> you had a few. Just, just confident. Right. You gonna do the moonwalk? Right here. You're doing like 1970s, like John Travolta. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah let, me, let me see you do this. <laughs> oh. Okay. oh! <laughs> he dropped down and didn't did see that coming. <laughs> nah, we. I can't do that too, but you know. Yeah, but you're going to. 30, 38 years old, I can still do it. <laughs> yeah, you're going to send me that, that so I, we, we can make sure our viewers see this. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to thank everybody for coming out. Thank everybody for listening. Buster, thank you for coming from far, far, far away from the land of I don't know nowhere. The Piney Woods. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Zeus, thank you for coming out. Hey, anytime. Hey, uh, bring me back sometime. I got a lot of I got a lot of stuff to talk about. You got a lot of stuff to yeah. talk about. Oh, okay. yeah, for sure. Okay. We got it. <laughs> we we're bringing back Buster for some political stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm just telling y'all that right now. So enjoyed it. <laughs> TJ, thank you for coming out. You know, no problem. And T, he left the building for uh, he, he had somewhere to go, but he he appreciate everybody. So, thank y'all for coming out. Appreciate it. Yeah, tune man, in for for the next show. Yeah, the next show will we'll yeah. be coming soon. Let me let me play real quick. Tune in to Future 106. That's our new radio station that we started. Um, just go to future106.com. Uh, um, the the phone lines aren't. We have them, but we don't. We're not giving them out yet because we're getting these shows coming. We got uh, in your feelings with TJ. He got like he's like the new mellow moods. You know, get him TJ. Uh, he got TJ. TJ. And we, TJ. We, we're working something out with Chris. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, he was like, I'm gonna go say because he was laughing the other day because we were saying well, we need to do an old school show. Yeah, they they got me doing the old show, old school uh, old show, old school show because you know, I'm the oldest up in the building. Yeah, you know he's gonna host it and he's gonna you know. Have y'all, uh, have y'all, what's my do Flashback Friday? Flashback Friday, like that. that's what we're on. You know, but we got it coming. Uh, we got a bunch of, you know, this is a, this is a network we got going on here. You know, we got Dose of Reality with Chris, Chico. Uh, we got Real Stories with Kim. We got Catch the Sea with Kim. We got Sexual Take Back with Juicy. We got, oh. don't forget where it all began. Uh, up next radio. Thank you. Uh, we got another another Episode podcast coming up. Very very first podcast we got that hosted by me. Um, so you know we appreciate y'all for listening, man. And shout out to Chris, man. He's doing big things, man. I'm glad to see you doing your thing, brother. Appreciate um, it. Thank you, you know. for the opportunity. Don't forget no our new show, Old Cars and Drawers, with 
<laughs> Mr. <Yeah>. Buster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cars and draws. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yeah. Tune in next time. We'll see y'all later.